0: All right, thanks, everybody, for helping out today. Uh, We have our new sound guy uh, today, so thanks for your work on that. Sandy and I were on vacation last week. We had a ton of fun. We were up north, north of Ely, Minnesota. We we got so far north that we did not have cell phone coverage. And we didn't have a TV. My father-in-law did bring a radio, but they were in a different cabin, so I... Didn't listen to the radio all week. It was grandiose. (laughs) Especially because when I got back into town, into cell phone coverage, my phone exploded, right, with all the text messages and things. And I found out, hey, that Trump was in town last week, and there was a pro-Trump rally, uh, and then there was the anti-Trump protest, And uh, I forgot, but the Democratic National Convention was happening last week, so I missed all of that. Uh, Of course, the Republican National Convention is coming up next week, and, you know, there's all of this debate that's happening, and I I missed it all. It was fantastic. (laughs) Now, here's something that we can all agree on. Everybody loves food. Right? That's kind of fun. And, you know, I could talk about all the different sorts of food that I like. And good food is worth sharing with others about. If you really like something, you're going to tell somebody else about it. In fact, I have a friend who is a Yelp aficionado. And she and her husband have reviewed enough restaurants in their city that they now get free meals at other restaurants to review those restaurants so that Yelp can continue to develop their user rating system. And I bet if I asked you, you could give me your rating on a number of Mankato restaurants or the restaurants that you eat at, uh, wherever they are, and I bet that you could tell me your favorite food, or maybe you're more into cooking, and you could tell me your favorite recipe. And even talking about food can make our mouth water. Is your mouth watering yet? Yeah. Food, it's good. And Jesus knew that food was good and that it brought people together. And it's this universal language that we have. And Jesus knew that. And so Jesus ate with a lot of different people. In fact, he ate with some of the people that the religious leaders called sinners. And in today's passage, in Luke chapter 19, we're going to take a look at a story where Jesus actually goes to a person's house and experiences the hospitality of that person. And that person was a sinner. So you can open up your Bible to that. While we do, just a reminder, um, Rodney reminded us of this. We're in a series called Bless. This is all about blessing our neighbor. God actually blesses us. This comes from Abraham, uh, chapter 12. God blesses Abraham to be a blessing to other people, to other nations. And we continue that today. Those of us who follow Jesus are blessed to be a blessing to other people. God blesses us so that we can bless other people. And some really smart people came up with this idea. What if we made an acronym out of this idea, BLESS, in terms of five ways that we could live out being a blessing in our community? So, We talked about B is begin with prayer the first week. L is listen with care. We talked about that last week. This week, we get the fun one. We can talk about food, eating together. And then next week, we're going to talk about serving others with love. And then finally, we're going to talk about sharing your story. So these are five practices that we can do, that we can live into to bless others. So hopefully, you've got your Bible device out. Or you can follow along on the screen. We've got our passage in Luke chapter 19. Let's dive in. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. To see him, Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And in these first couple paragraphs, we're introduced to the three main characters of the story. First, of course, we have the Son of God, Jesus. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. And to get there, he goes through Jericho. It's a border city with a customs office. There's a palace there. And it sits on one of the most fertile parts of Judea. And all that means that it's a fairly wealthy city. And we get introduced to this tax collector, Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. And tax collectors were kind of the scum of the earth. They were kind of the lackeys for the Roman government. And Jews thought of them as traitors. Their salary depended on how much money that they could extort from the people, which means that they were pretty corrupt. And his title, chief tax collector, likely means that he's pretty good at this, and that he was responsible for other tax collectors. And you could say that people hated him. And did I mention that he was short? Well, that means that he wasn't really looked upon very, uh, very favorably. That was not a good trait. So he, he kind of had a lot of things against him. Our third character is the crowd. And it's not surprising in verse 7 that they say, he's gone, talking about Jesus, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner? But then we find out that Zacchaeus stood up and said, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That's stunning. Four times the amount. After all of that cheating that he's been doing, extortion, getting all of that money. And four times the amount would have been more than what was required by the Pharisaical law to repay thing, something, to give restitution. So Jesus could look at the heart of Zacchaeus and know that Zacchaeus was repenting, but the Pharisees who were looking on couldn't argue with the fact that he was repenting either because he was doing more Than what was required. So then Jesus declares to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And what we learn in this final sentence is that the mission of Jesus is to seek and save the lost. And as Jesus' followers, we join him in that mission today of seeking and saving the lost. It's why we're in this series on bless, because we want to be a part of helping people experience that blessing. We want to help people to experience the saving of being in a relationship with Jesus. And this week, we get to focus in on eating together. And who doesn't like eating? So going to Zacchaeus' house and eating a meal was part of his conversion process. And three things I think we can learn from Jesus as we think about what it might look like for us to eat together with other people. The first comes from that first verse. Jesus was, it says, passing through Jericho. And he was on his way to Jericho, but he stopped and paid attention to Zacchaeus. And as we go through our lives, we're passing through all sorts of things in our lives. We're doing things, we're going here, we're going there. We're on a mission to do things. Jesus could have walked through Jericho and just kept going to Jerusalem, but he paused. Jesus had space for the interruption that Zacchaeus was in his life. And so I think as we think about eating together with other people, do we create the space in our lives for interruption with other people? We're on this mission, we're going doing this and that, and do we have space in our lives to invite others into to sit down and eat? When we sit down and eat, we create space to have conversation with one another, to build relationship. And so for us, do we have that kind of margin in our lives to have an interruption to invite somebody into our lives. So as we're passing through life, do we have the margin in our lives that allows us to sit down and eat together with a neighbor or a coworker? And I know I can get so busy that I don't have time to stop stop and even talk to my neighbor. A couple of weeks ago, I was out for a walk and I almost blew past my neighbor because I was like, I gotta get this walk in before I have my next meeting. And if we can't stop, and if I can't stop and talk to my neighbor in that moment, then I'm not going to be able to invite them to come over and have a meal together. The second thing I think we can learn uh, from Jesus is that he went to Zacchaeus' space. He was on his turf, in his own home. And even in Jesus' day, it was kind of strange to invite yourself to someone else's house. Let's just call that out. It's still strange today. So don't go out and do that. Uh, But Jesus knew that being in his space was something that was comfortable for him. And we want to think about how can we spend time in other people's spaces. Sometimes it means that we go to a coffee shop or a restaurant together because that's a neutral space as we begin to build the relationship. But eventually, hopefully, we can end up in some place where they are in their space. And, we can think about what it looks like to spend time in our friend's space. Now, we set up this beautiful uh, picnic up here, and I heard uh, one of our Crossview families set up a picnic in their front yard. So maybe you could do that. You could set up a picnic in your front yard, your neighbors come walking by, and you can have some conversations with them. That's a way to get in each other. It's It's in your space, but it's also in your neighbor's space. Jesus uh, also stayed at his house eating together. We can do all sorts of things to spend time together to build that relationship. So I want you to think about what are the different ways that you can build relationships with other people. What are the different ways that you can get into other people's spaces? So as we think about our own lives, where and how can we eat together with other people? It's COVID, so things are a little bit different. We've got the set up the picnic in, their f- in your front yard idea. But I would encourage you, this week we're going to have a Facebook post that's going to go out that's going to ask you, what are the different ways that you're finding to engage people to eat together with others in this day? I know uh, some of, of our families did some virtual uh, meals together during the season. And that might be one of the ways that you do it. Uh, But there's a lot of different ways. So you can be thinking about how you can do that. And then look for that Facebook post later in the week um, where you can engage with that and see what other people's ideas are. And then think about, for you, what are the different ways that you need to create space and margin? What are the different ways that you can get into other people's space, into their world? And then finally, what are the different ways that you can build relationships so that you can do those things? How can you do those things in your life so that you can be a blessing to your friends and eat together? As I was thinking about this, I thought about our ministry on campus. For Sandy and I, we did campus ministry for 17 plus years, and we would do an international potluck at the beginning of each school year. It was a ton of fun because students from all over the world would come to our campus. We would make the rice and we invited them to make their own dish. And we got to eat all sorts of food from around the world and share together a meal. It was a way for us to get on their space because this was their food. It was a chance for them to share their culture with us. And it was so fun to hear and to experience their culture. As we got to know them, as we began to build relationship with them, we had a chance to share our story of how we live and how we live in this world, how we follow Jesus. And we got to invite them over to our house for food, which led then into a time where we got to study scripture together. And we saw Numerous students decide to follow Jesus as they got to meet Jesus in studies. And it all started with an international potluck. And when we eat together, when we spend time together, we create an environment to deepen relationship. We can practice hospitality, we can build community, and we can deepen relationships with other people. And someday, we can then share the story of Jesus with them. I want to close praying for you that you would be able to find unique ways to eat together with your neighbors. God, thanks for your word today. Thanks for the ways that Jesus has shown us how to live in relationship with others, the ways that he found space and time, margin to invite people to eat together, and how he moved into spaces where others We're living and eating together with them and how he shared the good news of your love for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to eat together with our friends, with our neighbors, and to be missional people in this community, to share your love with Mankato and beyond. Amen.